0: Good morning, Misfits. This is episode two of the Unprepared Podcast by Misfit Athletics. On this show, I think of a topic before the show, and I don't tell either of these guys. Fair. And the goal of that is Shoot. to have a <laughs> Wait, <what? laughs> real conversation. No computers, no notes, no studies, no none of that. I tried. to bring my computer. I tried. You, you did. We just shut him down.
1: I don't know what you would have been purposes, doing. I don't though. think
0: anyone wants to know what you would have been doing. Yeah. Before we get into that. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by SharpenTheAxe SharpenTheAxeCo.com for all your fancy cool gear needs. Use the code UNPREPARED if you can spell it and get 10% off.
1: (laughs) That's a prerequisite. Spell check. Are you ready?
0: Let's go. The topic of the day is ego. Yuck. Mm -hmm. I have one. (laughs) What you got for us, Hunter? Any... any
1: specific
0: oh geez you're gonna do this again two weeks in a row i try to throw one over to him i try to just hand him he can say anything he wants about ego um i think this is an important topic because i'll give you a little pretense here because of the connotations that are associated with it both good bad and indifferent and i think it's important to talk about what we think this means and how we can use it or how it can be a serious issue when it comes to, you know, we don't even need to be talking about training. We could talk, be talking about anything.
1: Yeah. I think there's, I think a lot of people in our community have read books. Ego is the enemy. Obstacle is the way that those sort of like mindset, uh, mindset <laughs> books and, and whatnot. But the, to me, there's an important, you have to have an important balance between kind of checking your ego and also knowing when to, kind of have confidence and, like, and try to, like, kind of puff your chest out to accomplish something, um, like, in training, like, I guess we'll start with the training topic, but in training, it's important to kind of check that ego, be willing to take a couple steps back in order to take, you know, five steps forward, but when it comes to competing, like, I think there's a a fine line between respecting your competition, but also, having a psychological, like, kind of uh, advantage over your opponent by kind of trying to, puff, like I said, puff your chest out, exude a higher level of confidence than maybe you have, but, like, just demonstrating that you are confident and prepared to to tackle whatever's coming your way, I think there's there's got to be a balance of both.
2: I think you gain an edge by having a little bit of an ego, at least early on. I mean, a lot of us that started, again, going with the training aspect with, you know, yeah, I can do that. Or, I'll, yeah, I'm going to try that. And that, that type of attitude that can do attitude is something that's really important early on when you're trying to establish you know, yourself in, in this aspect training, like, yeah, I'll try to do those bar muscle ups or I'll try to lift that heavy weight. And it ends up being something that encourages them or gives them a motivation to do something. The only time that becomes poisonous is when that becomes the only measure of worth. And that's something that, you know, one of the topics we have at our training camps is that's what I talk about is how your ego can be a detractor in training and how it affects your ability to see clearly the end goal, which in our case is you know proving yourself in the fitness test grounds, but it needs to be there early on so that you have that drive or that ambition to be really, really good. And then once you, you know have that drive, realizing that there are certain things to be taken away from what you're doing and that sometimes you can get lost in the forest, the trees, you know what I mean? You look around thinking like, oh, I'm great, I'm great, I'm great, and this is the only way I can measure myself is by having you know, this best score, this best weight, but are you working on something that's important or allows you to grow as a person, athlete, whatever the uh, the context is?
1: Yeah, and I think to in order to grow and develop in anything, you have to be willing to accept that you are not the best at something. I think, I feel confident that we at Misfit Athletics are arguing, certainly arguably the most knowledgeable people in the sport. But I know for myself, like I, I don't, I don't use that as an excuse to not learn from other people, other, other, like, uh, other leaders in the sport, other books, authors, whatever. To me, if you're not taking the opportunity to, to learn from somebody else, whether they are, whether you think they know more than you or not, You're you're missing out big time, and that to me that's a an indicator of an ego that that's a little bit too big. Like if if you're not willing to learn from somebody who knows maybe even less than you, but still listen, you could probably still gain something from those people. You
2: value those conversations with people that have different experience and different backgrounds because they might say something in a way that oh yeah, that sounds very basic, but it's explained in a very concise and clear way that other people can then relate to. For example, right? I just think about coaching, like you said you know, I might be considered a well-respected member of the community in terms of the coaching aspect. That doesn't mean I can't learn a very basic cue for, you know, someone that's very new to CrossFit or very new to training and imply that to them. Be Like, Hey, listen, like it's something as simple as like, I want you to be able to squat down, stand back up and you don't need to go super technical, like external rotation, this, this, and this. And it does play a way into like, Hey, it's important to see it from varying angles and being humble enough to realize that, yeah, it's great. You have knowledge, but you shouldn't just be like, "Yeah, I'm good." There's never a point where, "Good enough." That's like something that's really important to me is that like, "Good enough" is not good enough. Like, you should always be willing to keep. Well, that's trying. a journey that that you go on as you get older. Mm-hmm. Like, like there's a level of maturity
0: there that says, you know, you get into a space, and I think our space is very unique in that, you know, specifically like when Seth and I were starting. When we dug into these other modalities and sort of went outside of the CrossFit community to come back into it to teach, I think we were finding stuff that not a lot of people had talked about at that point. But we're not that this information isn't secret. It was just more like it wasn't part of our community yet. And if we had held on to the like, we know and you don't know thing for too long, I think it would have been a massive issue. So it's one of those things where, I think it was probably good that I started in a field where I needed an ego. I needed a 22, 23 year old's ego to be able to jump in and say like, there aren't really subject matter experts here that are bringing all this stuff together. Like I bet I could be one like that, that part of the ego makes a whole lot of sense. But then now I'm getting older and I need to have the skill to do almost the exact opposite and be like, I got to go out and get more information. I got to go out there and figure out all these things. And to me, you guys brought in the coaching example, both coaches and athletes. I want to know when and where their ego shows up. Like if an ego is like big and boastful in these really safe spaces, it it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It's very confusing when an ego comes out when you're not really being
2: challenged at all this is weird, but like instantly in my mind it became into like jello. And I'm trying to explain what I mean by this. When you put jello in the fridge, it's like not set. And it's kinda of like your ego early on. You have you this you like fucking
1: love jello, <laughs> don't you, fat boy?
2: <laughs> you have you have this like thing that's not set yet. And as you grow, it solidifies or in the fridge it solidifies and all of a sudden you have that and you go, All right, well, it's good <laughs> that I have all this information and I've built up this like character, this identity but Then you have to be willing to then deconstruct, and it reminds me of something as simple as like once you feel like you've mastered the 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 you high pour stuff, on
0: another layer of jello, yeah, you're like, so you're Rainbow like hard Jell-O. on the bottom, but then
2: yeah, so like you have this opportunity where you've now established this identity that is, hey, I'm this athlete, I'm this coach, I'm this person, and then you can go, all right, well, in order to grow, like I have to be willing to look at this from other people's perspectives and look at ways to communicate better, and you know delve into the things that I'm good at and the things I'm not good at. And realize that this, this ego or this identity plays into both and figuring out, all right, well, you know, we're never a finished product. We're always continually growing, adapting, changing, and that we should be seeking out the next best way to, whether that's to impart information, to train, to coach, or just being able to realize that like, yeah, I have a good knowledge base, but it's, that's not over. Like you never stop learning type of thing is something I think is really important. Like one thing that's on my to-do list every single day is like learn something new first thing in the morning. You wake up. Do a little bit of nonfiction and just like sit there and learn something new because that to me helps me grow as a person day in and day out. It's no secret that the people that get
0: stuck within their ego are not out there searching for anything new because I don't know there's someone's law shows the graph where it says the Steve. more, the more that you know, the more you realize you don't know, the more yeah. you go out into the world and get this information, the more you're like, Whoa, there is a lot out there. There's a lot for me to know. There are so many of these, like even just, a different perspective on the same exact thing. So someone that's stuck within that has not, like, realized, oh, I should probably get out there and educate myself and and figure out this kind of thing. And then that's how you can get stuck because you think, okay, I'm living in this little bubble. I have three or four facts that work pretty well
2: for me. I'm just going to stick to those Whoa. because when you go out there and research, you're just like, oh wow,
1: there's a lot.
2: Again, I think back at, to coaching and this example is that you have. You know, this person who starts coaching, they don't might not know the technicalities of a movement. And then they start learning extra rotation, placement of body parts. But if you can't relay that information on a very basic level, that knowledge base you have is essentially useless. And it becomes a skill now. Hey, you are a technically smart coach, but you cannot relate to the person. So in this instance, like your growth needs to be how can I make this information readily available for the person I'm trying to explain this to? Or it goes in the opposite direction. You're really, really personable, but you have no Knowledge base and just recognizing, like, hey, I can really like I could sell someone anything, but I can't really go into the nitty gritty details. And you need to have a balance of both, both technical knowledge, so you can help the person do whatever they're trying to accomplish. But you need to be able to relay that information in a way that's that makes sense to them. And And that's that's a huge skill to be able to do that. That's the exact representation of where your ego belongs. Your
0: ego belongs within you've prepared yourself, and now you have to go relay that information as a Mm -hmm. coach. You have to go stand in front of a group of people and make it seem like you know exactly what's going on and you know exactly what the scale is for this person. They need that from you. Mm -hmm. That's where your ego belongs. But if your ego then makes it outside of that realm into you trying to have further education or you're working with another coach and you're trying to help them and everything that they're doing is wrong as opposed to maybe it's just different and you can help like your ideas can combine. Like it's, you know, we think back on you know, certain like hard and fast rules we had for certain movements, you know, five or six years ago. I, I would say all of us as a company are more open to how do we get that idea out there? How do we get that concept out there, but work with the athlete within, you know, maybe their mobility or their skill set or, you know, all these different
2: things. I mean, I, I think about that and early on, if we had seen some of the movement and been like, that is just, that person's trashing their back, they're going to get hurt. Like that's not the right way to train. And you see that person put that into practice and you're like, all right, well, m- maybe my ego was too big. And I was so concerned with like, this is how so-and-so said it. This is how I'm going this to teach like This is how it. Yeah.
0: Athletics does
2: this. Exactly. And being humble enough to be like, all right, well, you know, I didn't think that was the best way to do legless rope climb. So that's the best way to do this movement. And all of a sudden you're like, well, they're faster than the way I teach it. And they can do it over and over again because they've practiced it. Maybe it's on me to be like, all right, well to swallow this like uncomfortable like pill like I learned something I didn't know and okay now I have to be humble enough to say, okay that that should be the way you do this or you should try this or like you experiment with this because that's the only way you truly know is if you try to do it for yourself or learn for yourself and then at that point you could decide all right well that worked or maybe I should do something different like that didn't work for me type of thing but
1: yeah I in in training in practice and in, in preparation, I think that's when the ego needs to be checked so to speak so that you have that kind of that willingness and that openness to to either experiment with new things, try to see things from a different perspective. But I think one thing that we, in our community as well, does, we could be better at is when it comes time to compete is, is, is exuding that confidence. Like I, I spent the last, you know, four, four training cycles beating the crap out of myself every single day feeling like feeling like death feeling like i'm not making any progress and now it's the open and like now what and they start performing and it's like holy shit like yeah. i am crushing it i think the open you, is a
0: perfect example of that
1: yeah and it, it's like it, it's like maybe you had the the appropriate mindset of like checking your ego during training being willing to step back being willing to 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 kind of slow things down in order to speed them up later but there is that time where you need to flip that switch and allow that ego to to drive you through the wall because you you spent so long building that that confidence, those you know that ability up. And if you aren't willing to kind of walk around like like yeah, I, I fucking got this, then there's there that's a mistake as well.
0: Yeah, I mean that's the that's the basis for this entire conversation. Yeah. This entire episode is like I I know enough athletes that my goodness, their, their humility, their lack of an ego drives their training to places that I can't even comprehend being able to do myself physically. But then that same humility, you know, has its way of rearing its ugly head during competition and having that ability, having that, you know, as, as a coach personally, being able to instill that in a person being like, You know, I say this on a regular basis to people like if they, you know, hey, you can do this. And then it's like kind of a sharp back at me like, no, I can't. It's like, just so you fucking know, you are (laughs) one of the best people in the entire world at something. Yeah, Are you kidding me? You need to own that. I'm not the best in the entire world at anything. I'm pretty good at a lot of stuff not even close to that realm. Yeah. Like I can tell you right now that if I worked as hard as you, I would be out here ready to knock everyone's head off.
1: Yeah. Like the the ability to switch between kind of training and competing, that mindset is a, is a learned skill. Like you have to practice that. You have to be willing to, in training, occasionally flip that switch and be like, it's go time. Like I am, I know I'm capable of this and I'm, going to absolutely burn it down in this training piece, for example, or something like that. You have to be able to be willing to go there so that when it comes time to, to turn that on for real, you know, like, you know, you've got it.
0: Yeah. And that's, you know, we, we talk about a lot of people get this idea that remote coaching is very specifically, uh, you should be doing bar muscle ups instead of chest to bar in this workout. Yeah. And for a lot of people, that is the beginning. That is the foundation of what we're trying to do fix the movement, get the programming right. But I'm working with athletes right now that are on an extremely high level that they get almost exactly what we write for a program and it is all about the notes on the side. Yeah. And one of the notes that I have is, you love every movement, every combination today. Yeah. Like Walk in the gym today like you own the place. And like when you're in a ton of pain, laugh at it. Like yeah. You have to have those days. You have to know that you can go there. Because I mean, you're going out there and just getting beat up and just beat up and just beat up, you're literally beating yourself up on a daily basis on purpose, so to be able to have those days and go out there and have the like cock of the walk, like yeah, should you act like that in your gym every day? Of course not, yeah, but right. like whether it's one training piece, whether you know whatever it is, you have to be able to do
1: that, yeah, or with with training partners too, especially if you're doing it on your own is one thing, but like Sherb and I like sometimes we'll go back and forth and just an affiliate class workout and it's like, okay, like it's on, like we're going to, we're going head to head here and talk shit beforehand and like stare at each other during the workout. Like, where's he at? What's he going to do? And then at the end it's, you know, high five and the, the ego's checked in again. So I think the ego in that situation
2: helps drive your intensity into a level that you maybe wouldn't otherwise the, you know, the joking, like the, the shame of, I don't want to be last type of thing really motivates you to really push. But at the same time, we've gone to the point in our training, not that we're anywhere near a high level anymore, but we understand there are certain parts to parse out as this is something I need to work on. So you have the ego that pushes you to go really, really hard because you don't want to lose your buddy in the workout. But then you also have the other side of the coin where you go, all right, well, you know, if it's biking and muscle ups, I'm good at the bike. You're good at muscle ups. Like we should do the exact opposite strategy of what would give us the best score to get us the best training. There's a
0: really important part of this though you are both practicing humility and accepting the fact that you're working out against each other. Mm -hmm. That's people that get stuck in their ego. seems like we're kind of flipping this upside down now. People (laughs) that get stuck in their ego will not, they're not going to, they're not going to train against each other. They're not going to create those scenarios. Yeah. So yes, you guys again, once again, have made a non-ego driven decision to work out together and then Showtime, like, Like middle finger up, Mm -hmm. like, you know, hey, it's on. But you made that decision to go there. And that's what we see so many times is an ego is supposed to be by definition like self-worth and self-confidence. But we know that the people that present it in really confusing places don't have actual self-worth and self-confidence. And maybe they know that and maybe they don't. A lot of people subconsciously, the very loud and boastful type person, where you're like, why, what are we arguing about right now? Mm-hmm. I'm confused. Like, what?
1: Yeah. what is this I think about? that goes back to like what you were saying before, like people who come in the gym and it's like they, they exude that confidence in weird places. Yes. And that, that's to me just kind of a telltale sign of just a general lack of confidence or, or maybe there's one part of, if it's training, for example, you come into the gym, there's one part that you feel really confident about, but you know you're not going to have to go up against somebody who's like, who's better than you at it. You know, you're gonna be just kind of training on your own. So there's no there's no standard. Nobody's holding you to like a higher a higher level or whatever. So you can you can walk around with that feeling, but hopefully you know kind of like deep down, like it's just kind of bullshit. Like it's just on the surface.
0: Yeah. I mean, if we're trying to earn points towards self worth and self confidence, I can guarantee you that's there's some deep work associated with that. Yeah. And that's the type of work
2: I think that people shy away from that put out the that sort of false confidence i think it's kind of weird just going on the same like element of remote coaching and having that person to reflect with about your ego and More humility maro coaching, More. More coaching. <laughs> um
1: we get that dubbed uh, my, in there ted
2: <laughs> with a lot of my athletes i'm so unconcerned with their workout score other than the fact that i want to make sure they got the intended stimulus of the piece that the real bread and butter and when we have conversations, it's not like, Hey man, nice job. You did it nine rounds or nine minutes. Like good. That's like not really what I care about. I want to know, did you pay attention to the notes? And did you work on the one thing that you really want to grow on? And that's for a lot of people, the hard part in training is like you said, having the humility to be like, I know that if I bike really hard, I'm going to have the worst pull-ups in the world, but being okay with that and going, all right, well I'm working on something and seeing the long game is a huge part of, I think, The relationship you have, either coach athlete or you know training partners, it's like we're both working towards something, whether that's fitness, a competition, whatever. Like we have bigger goals in that one workout, and being okay to be like, I'm focusing on this one thing for this one workout, but with a bigger picture in mind. That's something I think a lot of people lose sight of, and becomes literally my my per I am that score that's on the board right now, and not I am someone who worked on something, and I have bigger goals. They just attached there their like self worth to a number or to their right. ranking, which is a huge I find a huge problem with athletes early on when they don't have that prior experience. I've worked with someone previously.
1: Yeah, there th- there's kind of two things that I think of when it comes to ego and kind of self development. And one of so one is you are either somebody who already is kind of known or respected in a certain area. So just say an affiliate coach, for example. The regular member sees you as somebody who knows a lot about about CrossFit, about fitness, about movement, whatever. So you automatically have a level of credibility um, that you that you, that just kind of comes with that title of coach. You you still have to absolutely earn it, but in general, you you probably kind of have that that credibility. You can do you can kind of throw that away by not listening or learning or, or trying to like develop with your athletes or you can basically gain more credibility by asking questions and trying to learn from either athletes or coaches who might be considered like subordinate to you or have less knowledge you you put yourself kind of higher on that pedestal by putting yourself lower if that makes sense telling you know asking somebody with less experience what they think of this or having just having a conversation about it not in a way that makes you not sound like you know what you're talking about necessarily, but that you you're you're showing somebody that you are always trying to learn and people recognize that and therefore you you continue to progress. The other side is uh like a willingness to fail and just just like take that take that on the head and learn from that and then just continue to progress from there. Both scenarios, you develop, you get better, um and in general in for m- most part, both of them people identify that and say, like, oh wow, it and give you more credibility as kind of the subject matter expert. So that's,
2: that's to me is some more of the, the fun part of being a coach too. Like it's one thing to teach a thruster, teach a movement, <clears throat> but like to have a deeper conversation to actually get to know the person and help them in a way that I think is a, a higher level skill for a coach, being able to relate and have those conversations, I really think is the fun part. Like, for example, coaching one of our classes here called Hatchet that has three pieces, like a lot of those athletes are a little bit serious, more serious. They come to the gym more frequently. They're looking to get a little bit more out of training. It's fun to have a conversation. It doesn't involve like, this should be your row pace. It's like you need to think about how you're moving here and how that relates to something else. And that higher level of thinking and that like deeper dive into, you know, mindset or approach is I think where a lot of athletes are, you know, start to see humongous changes, more so than just their body, obviously changing. The mindset part of it is a part that a lot of people just don't pay attention to and just assume like I'm just going to blindly follow this, whatever this says, instead of like taking a chance to reflect, which is something we stress on all the time with athletes. Like you need to spend as much time outside of training, thinking about what you did and what you're going to do next as you did doing the actual training to see the growth that you want.
0: I mean, what what to go back to what you were talking about, for me, it's all about any time that I'm working with an athlete that I feel like has that false ego, the, the willingness to be vulnerable is just not there. They're They're not going to out into the world like i'm gonna work really hard on this and i might still fail yeah like their willingness to do something like that is is exactly what's holding them back and i think people need to realize that you know i don't think everyone that that's going to be listening to this is either going to be the person that has that gigantic ego that gets in their way and doesn't allow them to train or the person that is like so humble that they train their butt off but then can't put it into effect yeah there's probably you know a, a big spectrum when it comes to that but if you are looking you know if, if you're really willing to look in the mirror and try to find out specifically like what is holding me back like why am i not able to progress here there's a pretty good chance that you aren't willing to like start over in in that sense of like i'm gonna put myself out there And I might not get the exact result that I want. You know, maybe I want to be the fittest person on earth and that's just not in the cards for me. And like, I told people that I wanted to be the fittest on earth, but, but now, you know, it's, it's scary to be vulnerable. It's scary to go into that thing. So I'm just going to keep doing exactly what I was doing and I'm going to make excuses and all that. You have to be able to just kind of let go and say, I'm going to put myself out there you know it's it's going to be an o- obvious declaration to people if you start training like a crossfit games athlete like that's all you do you, yeah. you, you train you recover you eat you sleep like that's kind of the whole game so that's going to be put out there so if you're going to go that far you have to be willing to do that thing where you take who knows how many steps back just to take one step forward
1: yeah that that's like ground zero as far as like ego goes if you're not willing to to admit that Even if it's just privately to yourself, what, what, either what your goal is or, you know, where you see yourself going or that you need to take a step back in order to take two steps forward. If you're not willing to do that, even to yourself, that is, that's like the absolute, like, bottom barrier to entry to, to progressing. If you, if you don't have that, like, if you're not willing to admit that up front, then. No, nothing else is going to is going to fall into place.
2: I just say personally that's what's made training fun again for me. Like I competed at a, you know, marginally decent level, regionals was, you know, the kind of the apex of my fitness and I really enjoyed competing at that. And then that was obviously not in the cards anymore and I was like, "Oh, what am I training for other than just like health and longevity?" And, you know, not having that like goal, whether that's individual or team, like not having that anymore is like, "What what am I training for?" And it felt like kind of all over, like restarting almost But then I went back and became a
0: competitor within like every
2: single piece. Yes. You were trying to
0: find that again.
2: Yeah. And I was trying to find that. And I found that a lot of times it led the ego led to me to be disappointed if I didn't do, you know, if I wasn't the fittest in the group or whatever, if I wasn't doing that. And it is honestly poisonous. Like it made training less fun because I was like, Oh, I, my, my worth is that score. And that's not the case. And now it's no fun for no reason. (laughs) Yeah. And now, now exactly. You're turning something that used to be enjoyment used to be something you did for pleasure. And it becomes like a job and that doesn't make training very fun. So when I was finally able to be like, all right, like knock it off and pay attention to little things that you want to focus on. And you just look at things like our class workout today was rowing burpees and power snatches. Like, if a, and a humility, like I probably said, oh, maybe I should go a little bit slower on the first two so I can smash the last part. And that's what I would have done in the past. Now it's like those, the thing at the end is I'm good at, like do the, you know, do the things that you're not good at as hard as you can and make that what your goal is today. And having micro victories rather than a macro view, I think helps a lot of athletes make that progress. And, you know, it's a tough pill to swallow when you, you have that ego early on and you want to be the fittest in the class or fittest at the, whatever the workout is. But again, for me, it brought back that excitement of like, hey, there's something I'm not good at. And that's why I like CrossFit to begin with, is that there were so many things I was terrible at. So it's exciting and there's like lots of potential. There's a lot of things I can get better at, which is gonna make me a fitter person, make me enjoy this because there's, you know, I like conquering a new skill or conquering a new movement. I have that again. You know, it might not be like, get your first muscle up, but now it's like, can you do five muscle ups after you, you know, bike at 1500 Watts. That is now the new victory for me. And it's made training a lot more fun in the last, like, year or so than it had been in years past. Kind of on the other
1: side, we've talked a lot about the, like, willingness to kind of subordinate yourself to getting better at something. I think there's also a lot to be said about having the confidence and whether it's confidence, ego, whatever, to see something that you've either never done before and say to yourself, like, I can can figure that out. Yeah. Then kind of be like, oh, I don't know, like, I'll be... I'll be humble about this and take it slow. There, there's a lot of value in seeing something, whether it's in the gym or just learning a new skill. Like it, I'll give you my example is like, I've, I've done a bunch of like woodworking and even some painting lately, just kind of for fun. Um, and I basically like see it something like on YouTube and I'm like, Oh, that's cool as shit. And I just say to myself, like, well, like, if YouTube guy can do this, like I can fucking do this. It right. may not, it may not come out great, but I can do it. And I'll, if I practice it a bunch, then I'll get reasonably good at it. And then people at the gym come up to me and are just like, Oh, that, that thing you like painted is really cool. And I'm just like, yeah, I mean, Oh, thank you. Like, I appreciate it. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't really know what I'm doing, but like
2: putting yourself just, out there, just
1: putting yourself out there and trying to, and like trying new things and, it doesn't take much. People kind of forget their beginner gains like from the gym, you know, when you started training and you got really good really fast and started to pe- like taper off that like that shit's real in, in most things in life and it doesn't take too much uh, but maybe just a willingness to try and fail at something and but also with the mentality of like if so and so can do this like I can do this. Well, what was
0: super important about the way that you explained that is there was self-talk both with the first example that you had and then with your own example. And I think that when you start to get into the mode of like this style of person that struggles with this is always the hardest worker nine times out of 10, always the hardest worker, but they're not willing to say to themselves, I can figure this out when, before they get started. And then after they do figure it out and they're on that stage, I can do this. Like I'm that good. Yeah that's that that self-talk is so important and it's not it's not an ego it's not like it's one of those things where we talk about the ego would be i tried this skill once and i sucked at it and i'm done right like i'm the guy that figures stuff out super easy and i don't want to you know be like people to think that i'm like full of shit like oh i thought you were super athletic like what what happened with that handstand ramp kind of a thing yeah like That's where that issue becomes a thing. But you saying that you're gonna figure it out and then trying it ten thousand times until you do figure it out, like that can teach you that like your belief in yourself, your belief in the fact that you can do something can translate over all of these stages.
1: Yeah, I and I've like this will kind of go off onto a a little bit of a tangent. That's the point of the show. Let's do it. I have varying opinions on like college public education and stuff like that and i told you i told you i told you and if if you think about it this is not to i don't want to insult anybody but this is if you take an honest look at it this is kind of the way it is there there are really a very few number of professions in in the world that seriously require like a higher level education like i do not want my doctor or my surgeon having learned what they learned on youtube like Straight up, okay, or cheap though, or having gone to you know MIT tech, itt <laughs> itt tech, um, but Holiday and Express, yeah, Holiday and Express. Uh, so like, doctor, lawyer, engineer, that kind of thing. Yeah, a uh, lot of lot of education. Geez, you have an engineering so in your many, co- yeah, I'm coach. just saying, just saying. <laughs> um, but a CrossFit coach like you, you didn't go to school for sports science. Seth didn't. You did. I didn't. (laughs) I'm a sucker. Um, (laughs) Idiot. (laughs) Um, But, and I think we're all definitely some of the most knowledgeable in maybe in the world, uh, uh, in the world on, on strength and conditioning, but that is just from, yeah, that's exactly what it was. It was from learning, learning stuff, either online, going to seminars, listening to other people. and, And the same thing can be applied to like your life and just things that you want to get better at it. There is a, with the information available nowadays with the internet, there is such an unlimited number of ways that you can learn how to do something that you want to do that there's just no excuse anymore. How often do you have people at work who are just like, Hey, do you know how to do this? And you just turn on your computer and then just go to Google and are just like, how do you do this? And then you're just like, yep, uh, do you know do, how to do that? Do <laughs> I do know how to do that? <laughs> here's, here's how you here's do how. it. Just like, people maybe they don't give themselves enough credit or it's just not like kind of that mindset of like i can figure this out i don't know how to do it okay where do i go to figure it out like there's almost nothing you can't figure out how to do on your own
0: the it's funny the school thing is like the perfect like explanation of of my growth in terms of you know having the ego not having the ego i was always the kid who like because I didn't want to do the work would be like, well, I mean, I can get an A most of the time without doing anything. Right. But like I had to, when I was younger, hold on to that fact. <clears throat> like I couldn't let someone see me studying because then, you know, I thought of myself as like a hypocrite. Oh, I thought you were the guy yeah, who exactly. fucking didn't I'm the, study I'm and the still hypocrite That's like hiding in the bathroom studying or whatever. Yeah. Because at, at a certain point when you get to college and you're in those engineering classes, like you can try to be that guy and they say a word you've never heard before and like, good luck conjuring that up from your brain. Yeah. Like it's not going to happen. Like, and I, and I still had issues with that, with, you know, the education system and whatnot. But like the message would be to someone that's still struggling with that ego thing. And it doesn't have to be in relation to CrossFit. It can be in relation to anything. If you're still struggling with that, like people are going to relate to your humility. If you just let go of that shit, they really will. They're not going to think you're full of shit. They're not going to be like, oh, wow, he's, he's, you know, he always talks about how dumb it is to run more than 20 feet. Like that's one of the jokes that like CrossFitters have the 400 meter sticker, the bumper sticker instead (laughs) of the, instead of the (laughs) 26.2. Love it. It's probably better for your health. Anyways, that, that, that idea of, if if you saw that guy out there going for like a long run, you wouldn't be like, don't you said you weren't going to get better at this. You'd be like, oh, that's awesome. Like imagine how fit you're going to be now. You got like this side of the coin figured out. Now you're, you know, you've kind of let go of that image and you're going to let yourself do that. Like you can go there. You can do that. You can get training partners and you can lose to them day after day after day. And if you work your butt off, there's a pretty good chance that at some point, because you were vulnerable, you're going to kick their ass and then you're actually going to have an ego.
1: Yeah. I think the one, one of the biggest things that CrossFit has given me is we, we try to become really good at a lot of things, and i've i try to like kind of extrapolate that into life like um like try to cross fit life you know try to be try to learn a bunch of new things, try to read books that i I previously didn't have any interest in try to try to learn something that i you know in in the military i would say painting isn't necessarily something that you are just like raring to talk to <laughs> talk to the talk to your marine soldiers about whatever like hey guys i was painting the other night and it was (laughs) it was so like so de-stressing it was great you know but the things that you learn from trying new things can be extrapolated into other parts of your life like in a a huge way and just i mean the the saying is
0: the the this is a place for the humbled and those are who are about to be like that it this this type of building is going to humble you yeah or like we've had we've had people that were like freak athletes come in and be like, okay, so I've done this other sport and I was world class at it and I happen to live in the same area and I've heard about you guys training CrossFit Games athletes or whatever, and they will come in and just get buried. <laughs> well, they like bury themselves. It's like doing burpee pull-ups as if like this workout's gonna be 10 seconds long and it's like
2: 40 minutes long and you're like, whoa, what are you doing? And yeah. they don't, they do not come back. Yeah. They're they're not okay with being humbled. They hate being humbled and their ego's so large that they've had such success that they're not willing to to restart almost. Yeah, that sport dem- that you were world class at? Did you wake up that way? Yeah, like you, you didn't play it your whole life growing up to this point, and all of a sudden you decided you were going to be done. And now you can just walk into whatever else you want and just be the best at it. Like that's not the case. And you know, it's funny you guys were talking with like the higher education stuff. Like I have a slightly different path than everybody else here. I got my undergraduate degree. In a school that was very rigorous, and I had—I had, think, I, I think this is
0: important. Sherb Sherb has um, Sherb has a persona here at Misfit Athletics. Sherb attended the number one rated private institution, non Ivy League. Actually, those might all be—I don't know the standards. It was voted the number one private oh, institution really? in Forbes magazine. Big red over here went to that school. So, you know, every once in a while, if we can throw him a bone, you know, be like, Hey, so I was, what I was
2: going to say is that like, I I graduated from that school, thankfully got through. Um, and then I looked at myself and I said, what the hell am I going to do? Like I have a psychology and Chinese degree. What the hell am I going to do? And my, my professor was like, why don't you like move to China and like sell paint or something? You know how to talk to people. China and I'm, sell I'm, paint. I swear to God that I said the real thing that was, it you was on the connection for ST. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I decided, you know, I like the physical you know, output. I like the people who are active. I like that style of things. I like coaching. I like teaching. So I was like, all right, I'll get my master's degree in this, this uh, sector so that i did and when i got there i realized that one of the problems with higher education is the ego of the institution and the field that they're in they think a very specific way and they are very very behind the times when it comes to adjusting to new information Those books
0: you've shown me <laughs> make Some sure of you have a bagel and drink like a gallon of juice before yeah once you, you drink like, a gallon
2: of oj before you <laughs> go for a marathon run but like again that's, that's their thing. What was nice about it though, is I had a chance to look at something and be like, I am not going to be like this institution. I am willing to, to try new things, try new ideas, be willing to say like, Hey, I can get strong by, by not doing five sets of three at, you know, 70 to 71 and a half percent, because that's what the CSCS says. Like, that's great. That is good information. And they have great information for you to learn from, but don't let that be your only input. Like be willing to seek out other people. And that's, what's really cool about CrossFit early on is that like, Hey, we don't know how to row. We don't know how to swing kettlebells. We're not the experts. Like, let's get the experts to teach us. So when I was there, the opportunity to realize that like just taking things for granted or just taking because someone said so in a book, like that's the only way you can do stuff. I looked at that and go, all right, well, I don't really feel that way. And that was my ego being like, I, I know better than this. But then I look back at it and I go, all right, well, what was cool about it is that it gave me the opportunity, it gave me the fire to learn something new and then also be like, all right, well, I think I figured it out. Maybe I haven't figured it out. I gotta go find some other resource or find some other time. And what was really nice about grad school is that it afforded me this opportunity because they assume that most students are also working in whatever field they wanna be getting into. Had a lot of time to grow, make mistakes, fuck up. Fix it, do it again mm-hmm. as a CrossFit coach. And you know, I wouldn't I don't think I would have had the opportunity to come work here or be a coach in CrossFit Coach in State of Maine and work with Mr. Athletics had I not had that opportunity for two years to essentially fuck up a bunch and learn how to be better at what I'm doing and looking at the institution and going like that, I don't want to have that type of ego and then learning, you know, from that, all right, being humble and but also being willing to seek out the truth is what we were, were looking for here. And I think that was an excellent opportunity. So you know, sometimes we joke about like having a master's degree here and I have only one here with one, but like maybe my degree specifically itself well, doesn't, right, relate, doesn't relate to it, but it gave me an opportunity to learn well, about the, myself. Yeah, the
0: I, I think it's Mark Twain, the mark of an educated mind is being able to entertain a thought without accepting it. Mm-hmm. So you're either that person that's so like any new idea that comes in, you're like, no, 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 I already have the answer. Or you're that person that believes every single thing that they read can you go into something all into something and you know either read it and kind of understand where they're coming from and then not put it into your practice or maybe you pull little pieces out like there seems to be like that thing where your mind is either like this is right or this is wrong
1: yeah there's i was that's where i was going without going to get you all fired up but just the and and it do you it's have a masters largely,
0: degree no okay i didn't think
2: so um it's, I might not I thought, got, I thought he got. I thought mad. Wait, uh, didn't a, you? Didn't
0: you like not pay a parking ticket and you don't have? I don't one? have the physical copy.
2: I do have a master's degree. I still haven't paid That's that. So parking sure.
0: How much did it cost? Twelve dollars or something. No, 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 no. How much did your master's degree cost?
2: Oh, $50,000. <laughs> k. Some stupid amount. You pay twelve dollars. <laughs> Fuck you.
1: I'm gonna keep Thanks giving $12. you another 12 dollars. I can give it to you. <laughs> um, but That's just awesome. the 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 mindset of kind of our Sorry, our man. culture and society. Right now, especially, is a very there's a very stark dichotomy. Right, wrong, I'm this. left, right. I'm here. You're Everybody there. That. It's more and, reassuring
2: to have the right answer. Or yeah, wrong answer. it's easier
1: to it's easier to know right or wrong. But I think if you get somebody in a in a room and are having a conversation with them, somebody who you thought was so far opposite of your opinion, that's not actually the case. And with your example, you have to remember the people who are writing those books like the you know the sports science or or psychology whatever books on fitness are not writing that with like malintent like there's still valuable information to be taken from from those people whether you agree with them or not if you are completely shutting people out who have different opinions from you you are you're effectively just cutting off your own ability to
0: if you think that they're close-minded And you don't want to be a part of what they're doing. And then you act in the exact same way. What are you you furthering this? How are you bringing people together? I was
2: going to say in the higher institutions, like I agree, the person that wrote the book didn't be like, "Hey, fuck these guys. I'm going to write whatever I want. And they'll follow what I say. Like they wrote it with a intent, like they're, Hey, I want to educate other people. The problem then becomes within those institutions, they want to make things like you said, right or wrong. So they say, this is the only way it's going to be taught rather than like, like I feel like I'm just like, imagining in my mind, you have the days of like Plato, Socrates, all these philosophers who would just literally go on walks and talk to people about what their thoughts were. That's what I feel like education sh- should be for a lot of people is, Hey, let's have an open discussion about what do you guys think is the best way to get someone strong? Not, this is the only way you can do it, which is what unfortunately happens in our yeah. specific sector is like, this is the only way you can get strong. And I've yeah. read those books and says the only way to make your muscles bigger is if you do sets of 12, that's the only way you can do it. And we've proven, when well, I would say proven, we've seen it and like, practice that you can do small sets, you can do big sets, you can do lightweight, you can do heavyweight, moderate weight, you can mix it up with cardio, which- is equal was, size. Yeah, exactly. So they were like, all they were saying is that like, this is the only way you can do it. And we've shown a different way. And I'll, the only thing I would like to see a higher education do would be have more of those philosophical you know conversations where it's like, what do you guys think is this? And do you have any information to back up your, your claim <laughs> rather than just- this Harvard
0: Business School is case studies only. The, the like the master's program or mm-hmm. whatever it is that like that business school they do case studies in groups there's no tests there's no papers there's no nothing it's like let's dig into like these real world situations and figure out what best practices are
2: and I, I feel like i had i had one professor in grad school that was like that it was a conversation he was a big creatine researcher so it was nice to talk about something that was i had some information about and it was more of a hey, let's just chat about getting strong or let's chat about this. And then the other ones are like, this is the only way. So they, you know, there are, for me, that that's what I'd hope all my classes would be, that more that Harvard business style where it's just like, let's have a conversation. Let's learn from each other and look at other real world examples, not just, here's what someone wrote in 1970 and now we just accept it as the truth. Like, yeah,
0: but if you got paid six figures to make a PowerPoint one time and throw it up on the screen year after year, you know what I'm saying? That's a pretty good gig, I'd yeah. say.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, there's... um.
1: I think there are there are very few things like in life on earth that are that are bound by physical and natural laws, like right. gravity's a real thing there a lot of it goes certain, back to what you like, talked about doctors Ooh. and yes, like science there a lot of in this like sciences and mathematics, there are certain things that are because because they are that is just we, th- a, we we, a, we a, think they are with yeah are. <laughs> we I guess we think they are, but with you know outside of that. Well, what, what do we actually know? Like, what what's to say that twenty sets of ten isn't actually the gold way to get as, as strong as humanly possible? Like, we you don't know that. Like, and you have no idea what <clears throat> what kind of things impact others, and what what happens when you try different things out, and it all kind of comes back to that ego and having a willingness to say, like, like, what if this is the way to do it? What if we are what if what I think right now is actually completely ass backwards and is completely wrong? Do you have the, the willingness to say, like, yeah, that could be the case? Like, sure, give it a shot. Try something different. You know, there, there are not that many things that are, like, are completely <laughs> bound by law and, and just a willingness to try something different or accept that you might not be right. Yeah. And
0: the example that I'm thinking of, and I'm, I'm hoping that I'm not only thinking of this because I'm on this side of the fence, not from you, but from being on the side of coaching versus the person that's, that's actually doing the programming, you have to be following a terrible, terrible, terrible program to blame the program for your outcome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like We've gotten to a point now where our like main competitors... Like the people that had really wacky ideas that did weird shit. I don't hear their names anymore. I've called them by the way. Because side. there are no, you know, I don't care if it's cheesy. There's just no gimmicks. There's no magic way to do X, Y, or Z. Yeah. Like 10 by whatever, 400 meter run. That's not like, it's it's not easy. There's no math. There's nothing like you can't look at it and say, this is genius programming. And you can't look at it and say, if I go out and just jog really slowly this many times that it's going to work for me i think everyone kind of accepts that and we've gotten to the point where there's a lot of people that are good at writing metcons like the strength stuff is not super challenging to write so like if we're looking at this and and you're like maybe the program hopping kind of person there's a pretty good chance that you have to find a way to find that balance of the ego like yeah i gotta kind of take it easy on like trying to figure out what the easiest way is for me to get there. Right. Yeah. Just accept the fact <clears throat> it's going to be really yeah, hard, hard Yeah, you,
1: What you're ask, actually asking is, is what, how can I get as good as possible while doing the minimum amount of work possible? Right. That, you don't that's want to admit it to what you're yourself. Asking. Yeah. You don't want, you don't want to admit that. You don't want to admit that you don't want to work for it. You want the program to work for itself. It, you want, you want to just put yourself. In one end and come out the other and have the program work for you. And we yeah.
0: all do it somewhere in our life. There's yeah, somewhere sure. in our life where we're like, I don't want to deal with this shit. I want to find the easiest possible way. And yeah, it's always so short lived. You find something and you're like, this is the answer. I found it. This yeah. is the thing. I'm going to do it half assed and I'm going to be great. Yeah. And then you're like, no, damn it. <laughs> Turns out you
2: just got to do this thing that you want to get better at until you're better at it. Yeah. I look at that and I see one of two paths. You're either trying to do something that's not worth doing because it's so easy and that's the route you want to go. Like, I just feel like someone's like, Oh, I'll just do this one time. And all of a sudden I'm good at thrusters or good at this, good at that. And we, you know, we hear athletes talking about tricks with movements and then you go, Oh wait, no. The reason you're actually good at that is, because you have put the work in and you realize the things that are actually worth attaining or worth wanting require effort. And if they don't, they're probably not worth going after. And I just feel like if you're really looking for self-growth, you look for challenges, and that's the type of athlete that I like to work with is someone that is excited by, oh, shit, I suck at that. Like, that's an exciting thing. I now have something to work on, not just, oh, poor poor me. I can't do this, and someone's fitter. Like, well, if you want to accept that truth, that's obviously your prerogative, but I want you to have the ambition to be like, fuck that. I did terrible. Well, good. I found something to work on. Like, you know, I have an athlete competing this weekend, and he's like, oh, all these tests are sprints. And I said, good. He's like, he's like, what do you mean good? I'm like, we've been working on sprinting in that high gear for so long. It's time to show all the hard work that you've been putting in. Like, this is the opportunity to see what you have. Don't be discouraged by the test. Be encouraged by the opportunity to be like, all right, well, it's time to prove to myself, prove to everybody around me that I've been putting in work these last three years. It's something I'm not very good at. And now is a chance. And that to me is what, you have to be proud about. it. You don't it want was... a
0: wide-open layup to get you to the CrossFit Games, and then when you no. get there, Joel Embiid's waiting for you at the rim. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like one of those don't, poor nine-year-olds. You really don't, don't want that to happen to you. No. That's not a good feeling. You don't want that t-shirt. You don't want to show anyone that t-shirt, because they're like, shit, you, you were there? It? I didn't know you were there. That's cool, man, I guess. You buy that vendor village? <laughs> Hunter, final thoughts. What do you got for us?
1: Oh, man. Uh, so... I don't remember who said it. I think it was. I think it might have been Einstein. Basically, that every person is a, every person's a genius. <laughs> but if you expect a fish to climb a tree, he's going to look like an idiot. I butchered the shit out of that. But I was listening Damn. to a book this morning
0: where it said, "Do you think Einstein would be embarrassed if he was on your basketball team and he sucked?" So that's a weird coincidence. Yeah.
2: Keep going. So <laughs> I'm uh, so confused uh, <laughs> over both statements. So what? The, <laughs> the same thing. Just
1: the same idea. just the idea is yeah. if if you know you you basically need to be willing to find out what you're good at. And this goes beyond training. Um, you have to be willing to try and fail a lot more times than you're going to be willing, be able to try and succeed. Uh, and just that the ego is kind of the driver of that. Are you willing to try something that's outside of your comfort zone and maybe find out that that is what you are like meant to do or what you are, what you excel at? How how do you know you're not, the world's greatest historian. If you've never picked up a history book and like read it and been like, holy shit, this is super interesting and it makes a lot of sense, and I'm just gonna, and, and you, it takes off from there. I, I don't know. Weird, weird example, but the yeah, point is, is that yeah. I think everybody, everybody has something that they can be exceptional at. You have to have that ego, the mindset, the willingness to try, fail, try, fail, try, succeed.
2: As someone who's battled ego quite a bit, both growing up and like, just in the recent memory and CrossFit like CrossFitting like I've definitely battled that myself Um, you know the biggest thing I can say to all of you out there is take a step back from what you're doing and do not be so obsessed with the outcome be obsessed with the process look for things that challenge you and accept them and understand that the there before you have a good time There are going to be a lot of times where you're not having good times But you look at that and say, all right, I got a little bit better at this. And that little bit of incremental growth or finding the things that you're not good at and seeking them out and working to get better at them, I find to be way more rewarding than that one quick instance of that quick reward of I get to write my name on the board or I get to tell my friends I got this time on a workout. Seek the long game and don't play the short one, which is something that I've, I've come to realize in the last couple of years here as going from trying to be more competitive to more of the recreational CrossFitter is that. Even though I'm not competing at the high level anymore, I still find a lot of joy in looking at something going, "I'm not very good at that. why don't I to take that head on and being okay with struggling?"
0: We'll just close with the concept of now that we've had this entire conversation, where do you land on this spectrum? You know, do you work your butt off and then you get really nervous when you're going to compete? Or do you shy away from really hard work and just hope you can kind of yell and, you know perform and and put on this whole show, you know, to, to get you there. And if you're on, you know, the side of, of not believing in yourself when it comes time, uh, you know, find ways throughout your day and your week and your month and your year to, to prove to yourself that you are making progress and acknowledge that every single victory that you have, you need to acknowledge that that exists. You know, the, the affirmations, stuff like that, it works really well. You're gonna if if you say it and you work hard, you're gonna start really believing it. If you say, "I can do this," "I am good at this," "I have worked my butt off," and I'm gonna put it all out there the best that I can, that stuff will actually work. And if you're that person, and 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 this is the side that I identify more with, if you're that person that's you know kind of full of shit about your abilities, you're not a hypocrite. You're not you know fake if you shed that and really go in and try to get better. People will identify with your authenticity, with your vulnerability. People want to connect. They're just scared just like you to be able to do so. Put yourself out there. You'll you'll get the rewards from it, whether they're personal or, you know, accolade-driven. Like, find out where you live on that spectrum and try to work on it. Agreed. Good. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was episode two of the Unprepared Podcast by Misfit Athletics. Want to give a special shout out to the people that gave us feedback last week. Thank you very much for your comments and your likes and your subscriptions and all that good stuff. If you like what we're doing, please get out on social media and on YouTube and on the podcast app, all that good stuff. Let us know that you like what we're doing or some feedback or one thing that could be cool with this show is leaving some comments about what topics you guys want us to tackle. Agreed. That would be great. We will see you next week with the Misfit Project.